Level of Latina partners with working women and mamas alike to guide them in achieving fulfilling career and life goals through financial empowerment, professional or leadership coaching, and personal wellness. Find the unique coaching you need to succeed. You're listening to Vero, Ceci, and Irene, and we are Level Up Latina. Hola, hola. Welcome to another episode of the Level Up Latina podcast. Today, we are recording episode 218, and today we have a cool discussion. Um, today's episode is called The Case of the No Sabo Kid. So, before we get into it, um, primero, más que nada, quería decir buenos días. ¿Cómo están, mis amigos del alma? Let's do a little check-in. I'm excellent. I'm having a delicious cafecito that I have spilled. So I got to see some of the chaos when I got here. Uh, let's see what else. I'm feeling good on this Friday. This is one of those weeks that Monday was a holiday. So you know how I feel about those weeks. Can you see those días en que vivo? So bad that our girlfriend was coming into town, Lise, and I thought she meant next Thursday. She meant this Thursday. I'm like a hot mess. I was one <laughs> week off. But I think I clarified that. But otherwise, I'm good. <laughs> Sorry, I started getting a cough attack with just hearing you introduce yourself, introduce the, po the topic of this episode. You ando con una tos todavía bien feyona. Like there's like just, it's a, like a phlegm attack on my throat. Yeah. I'll be fine, fine, fine. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, um, sorry, this phlegm needs to interrupt whatever you're saying. But so far, so good. It's been a very busy morning. I'm like, I cannot have my kids again interrupt our conversation at the podcast. So it took a little bit longer to deliver them to my mom. But here we are. I'm excited to be back and talk about this topic that is, um, I think, very relevant to us, especially now that we're raising second generation little little rugrats, you know. So it's going to be it's going to be a good topic of discussion. So I'm excited to see you girls. I like how you said deliver them to my mom, the kids. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I know yeah, what you, girl, yes. yes, I know, I know, and I know what you mean, Irene. I feel like the two last two weeks we've been kind of off, like on the days or whatever. This week because it was a holiday. I think because I've, I've only had like half of my coffee, it hasn't fully kicked in, but I feel excited um, about today, about the weekend. I'm basically partying it tonight and tomorrow night, también, so a ver cómo aguanto. Uh, but yeah, no, I was excited, I think, to bring this topic to the table. I know we were having like an offline discussion about this and mainly because we, you know, what's going on ahorita con este grupo, Yalitza y su esencia, uh, there's, I believe they're second generation or they might be first generation, but in, in light of like us, us being first gen and having second gen generation kids where like Spanish is no longer the first language, you know, things like that. I think it, we wanted to bring it to the table and just kind of have a general discussion about it. I know in the case of all three of us, we're first gen and, you know, we had to do a lot of interpreting for our parents. I know in my case, see, because I'm the oldest and I think because of that, my Spanish is pretty decent. I never took Spanish classes. My Spanish was pretty decent, you know, that, you know, puedo entender, puedo escribirlo. Si me siento, you know, I'm not... I'm not all there grammatically, pero me defiendo, you know, and I think that's the same case with all three of us. Uh, but now we have kids that were born here. They're not required and they're not, you know, they don't need to be interpreting for us. So para ellos es más fácil y están estudiando en inglés. So para ellos es más fácil just 
everything in English, you know, bueno, cuando empiezan a la escuela, no, um, in my case with the girls, it's been, it was Spanish up until they started school, but I guess let's start off with, like, just talking about, like, what was our experience with the language, with Spanish growing up, and was it something que se les dio fácil, o algo que, you know, perhaps we had to put a little bit more effort, or was it challenging, I guess, growing up and speaking the language at home or with others? I love this question. I love this topic. I was just writing a chapter in a book that I'm writing about like being a Nosabo kid. And I had this realization that like, I actually was a Nosabo kid growing up. And I had that realization the other day talking to my kids. And I was just like, that is so true. Like, I would have totally have done this. I kept framing this thing that happened with this girl as my kids would have done it. And I realized I would have done it. I would have been this girl that was out of touch, didn't speak Spanish well. And we'll get into the details. Let's see, we'll get into the details. You asked about our history, but it, it really sat with me. And I thought about it that the reason I felt like a Nosabo kid is because I was growing up with English and Spanish. And so my siblings spoke English. Like my brother named me Irene because of an Irene he knew, not because we knew someone because of my name. I got like lucky. Like what if we would have known like a dusty destiny and my name would have been destiny. <laughs> exactly and spelled it wrong like we know we do so I realized like I growing up my English was actually better than my Spanish because my Spanish was just terrible like my mom was uneducated and like she spoke it so it got better but I was thinking back to in college when I hung out with Lisette and I would go hang out with her family I was me trababa tanto my Spanish was terrible I wouldn't speak as much because I was embarrassed And I, you forget all those things, right? You forget all those things about your life. And suddenly, I don't know where, like, you all, Level Up Latina has, like, changed my Spanish. Traveling has changed my Spanish. Traveling when I studied abroad really changed my Spanish because I felt when I was in Latin America, like, I was it. And I had this confidence to, like, figure it out. Listening to Spanish music, watching Spanish media. I love Spanish music because it really did change my vocabulary. And I do mean when I say to the kids that, like, It's okay. Like, we're going to sound silly, dumb. We're not going to know the words. We're going to have to find a way, but we got to put ourselves out there. But I was a Nosabo kid. And I now looking back on it, my Spanish is like excellent. And I get a lot of love and praise. And it's funny because last thing I'll say about that, my mom wanted me to pray once in front of her prayer group. And she's like, tú puedes, si podrás. Es que no, el español como que no. I was like, mom, I can read in Spanish. And I think I already <laughs> shared that with you guys once before in the podcast. But I was thinking it's because my family probably remembers the little Nosabo kid. That my Spanish was a hot mess. Don't ask me to spell with accents, by the way, still to this day. And I had to take a Spanish class to graduate college, by the way. And I did decent. But I realize now that I feel so much empathy for this young girl that just was out of place. I think culturally she was out of place. It has nothing to do with the language. But we are missing something when we're between both worlds. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thank you. ¿Y tú, Vero? Pues al igual, mis papás no fueron, they didn't go to, I think they probably went up to first and second grade. They were rancho kids, right? When they immigrated, when they came to the U.S., they had probably, they had been working. Um, my mom had moved from her rancho at the age of 14 to Guadalajara to work, and she was escaping getting robada, que se la robaran. You know, and so her experience is a little different. She's like, I'm leaving home because I don't want to get married. I don't want to be my sister. Que se la robaron a los 12 años. And that, to me, it's like you're stealing a child, you know? Desde ese punto, una madre increíble. Amazing. She's something. I think that's why she also allowed me to be me. So that's a, for, uh, ese es un mm. cuento para otra historia. Yeah, 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 yeah. But 
my mom moving to Guadalajara and experiencing, you know, she had to like trabajaba and she would, when she would work, she had a job, but then she also was staying at a tío's house and she's like, she just didn't feel comfortable just living there, even though she was working. So she would take on these responsibilities. And I see that in her now, um, of how she acts and like, she just can't say, sit, say put, you know, she needs to constantly be doing something because she thinks she's being judged. So with my mom, when she moved to the States, it was the casualidad. She was just, you know, she came to visit her sister in Tijuana and they happened to look alike. And my mom's like, they're like, hey, try my passport. See if you can cross the border. So my mom crossed the border with my tia's passport. And she calls over and she's like, pues cruce ahora, ¿qué hago? Y le hace mi tía, well, quédate, quédate unos meses, ve a conocer. And then my mom never went back. That was in the early 70s. My mom didn't go back. My mom to this day doesn't speak any English, right? A little bit because she would talk to our neighbor. That was her BFF. They would always just check in. My dad, también de rancho, like mean rancho. My dad, I still, you know, like both of them. Um, mean rancho came here, tried three times, almost drowned. Ahí cruzando las playas de Tijuana. All these things. My dad worked in construction. And my dad really never learned también English. Just enough to get by in his in his work sites. So for me, um, even though my brother and my sister were like eight and seven years older than me, or seven and six years older, perdón, seven and six years older than I was, at home, I would sometimes hear them speak English when my parents weren't listening, but my dad would always say that when you come through this house, like that front door, not even the front door of the house, the gate, right? El, el, en cuanto un pie toque aquí la propiedad, me hablan español. Español, yeah. Because my dad was worried that we would go back to Mexico and we wouldn't be able to talk and speak to our grandparents and our cousins and our tíos and our tías. So I think now that I'm a mom, entiendo eso todavía más. So I didn't realize I didn't know great Spanish until it was... I traveled to Querétaro. So even when I went to with my family, we were fine. Because nos decía, ay, esta pochita, qué chistosa, lo que sea. You know? But it wasn't until I went to Querétaro, which was definitely not a rancho town. It wasn't like what I was used to. I was in school. I was doing, you know, actual, you know, UCSB courses, but in Mexico that um, I first realized that, ay, chingado, I don't know what they're talking about. They were using English, like Spanish, Spanish, like in Espanol, estaban hablando bien, no de que lo que aprendices in first and second grade and to get by for the rest of your life. But these people were like, ubicate. That was the first time I learned how to say, like, what ubicate meant. And I'm like, ay Dios, que es eso? So of course I had to, you know, find that, look it up. And I was like, oh, okay, that's what it is. And until I was fully immersed in something like that, that I realized, dang, my, whatever I learned, you know, I learned how to read it, write in Spanish, sola at home with my mom, you know, by myself. My, I would ask my mom questions like, es fonético, todo lo como se escribe, se, como se escucha, se escribe. So my mom taught me how to read and write it, but everything else was like, what? You know, I don't know anything else. Then the next time I felt very uncomfortable in my Spanish was when I decided to take on the double major, the Spanish major, um, the, the Spanish minor in literature and language. And we were learning how, you know, las, los sonidos, donde van las, las, los acentos, cómo es cada acento, and, y agudo, qué es agudo. Y, y, like all, I was like, ¿qué fregados es esto? And that's when I really felt. I had this connection because of, lo hablaba, pero no tenía el nivel que, des, que dirías para una persona que está en la universidad, to just get, to really get by. And I noticed that, um, once I hit, you know, the Querétaro, and then I went back to do my research at Mexico in, at UNAM and then to the Universidad de Yucatán. And it was just like, this is different. So I felt that, wow, my Spanish was great until it was tested at like academic levels. And that's when I was like, this is rough. 
Well, for me, you know, I'm the oldest. I'm like the oldest cousin. I'm like the first of like the first of everything. I mean, my parents were like the pioneers that came to this country first from from like at least from my mom's side. And so I was like the first oldest cousin that was like learning English and whatnot. And I remember going back to Mexico. Y era que la novedad. A ver, di algo en inglés, you know? Di algo en inglés. Um, and I remember like specifically like, ah, no me lo saluda tu tío. Tu tío sirá, El nombre nada que ver, right? And I was like, Oh, yo no sé cómo decir eso, you know, su nombre, Sirawen. Um, but anyway, I don't remember exactly at what point I started translating and, and interpreting for my parents because igual ellos, they only went up to sixth grade, you know. Aquí también, they would go, ocasionalmente iban que a clases de inglés taught like, you know, at night and stuff like that, but they weren't consistent. They, you know, people get busy, they, were, they worked um, jobs and so, pues no, no, no se les dio poder... I think I told you guys recently that I encontrar like, remember the English in Barreras, like, still nuevo in el garage when we were, like, moving them out? Yeah, so nunca lo aprendieron bien, igual, you know, como ustedes, like, enough to defenderse en el trabajo and things like that, but, but not enough to have, like, a full-on conversation and understand the whole thing. So I was the interpreter, and I remember, I, I, again, I don't remember exactly when was the first time, but I remember you know, always being the interpreter and being pulled out when my dad would go meet with his lawyer, who that became my boss later on in life. But it was just, it was then, it was just like, shit, like, como, como le hago? Like, a huevo tenía que, you know, to figure out what the words were that I was trying to translate, like, legal, legalese and what they meant. So, but I acuerdo, like, just having to do that and make, and wanting to make sure that my parents understand what was going on. And that went on for years and years. And then I guess at the point when I went to college, then my sister became that person, right? Because my sister and I were talking about recently, like how her and I speak better Spanish than my younger brother, than Manny. And it's like, dude, because a man nunca le tocó, you know, like, the, like, let me be the one, let me call these places. And, and like to this day, you know, it's all, it's my sister and I that my sister does anything that's like local for my parents and me, um, I think. Um, these last three days, I've been getting calls from like each of their doctors. Like I'm the one that the doctors call, and um, yeah. So hasta la fecha. And I was listening to I think it was Nelly Nelly Galan in her book. Uh, she was saying how when you grow up being the interpreter for your parents all these years as a grown up, you you continue doing all these things for them because it's almost like a a duty that's that's ingrained in you, like. You know, ya te, te, te sale ya de la naturaleza, like, okay, let me, let me handle this, let me figure this out. So that's been my experience, like, and it continues, and I know it's going to, you know, seguir con mis papás, where the benefit that our kids have is que, you know, we know the language, um, and we don't have to rely, you know, necessarily on our kids, so it's, it's, you know, it's kind of like a topic that we've been talking about, like we're breaking molds and even in culturally too with the language, like, que ya no, ya no, ya no, ya no, los, nuestros hijos ya no tienen la necesidad de, de interpretar and to be there and calling all these places for, for us. Um, pero ya, con, con, going back to esta muchacha también, este, I, I, I'm in, of the opinion that um, I don't, I don't think it was disrespectful lo que dijo, right, uh, de, de Mexico. Este, I, I, I think they just, I mean, like, social media could be cool. They're, like, canceling them y toda esta cosa. For anybody listening, do you want to oh, share yeah. 
exactly qué pasó or what she said? Um, you know, este es un grupo de tres hermanos, uh, uh, a young lady, and I think two, two, two brothers. They're from Washington. I, I don't know if they're first generation or second generation. I, 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 si ustedes saben. I believe they are first generation because they tell the story about how they were undocumented because one of their brothers oh. was separated because of his legal status. So I believe they are kids that maybe were either brought here very young or half of them weren't born here, something like that. So they're definitely first generation from the vibe that I'm getting. Okay, okay. So then they've, they were, they've either were born or have grown up in Washington. And if it's in the case that you were saying, que, you know, they might have been undocumented, then perhaps they have never had the opportunity to go back to Mexico, right? So that's one. Um, and then they've, you know, all they've known all their lives is just, English aquí and, and no, no han regresado a su país. Ahora regresaron, so I could see where to them it was a cultural shock. You know, just hearing everyone in Spanish, seeing, you know, la comida que comen. So, so they were being interviewed in Mexico. I think they were in Mexico City. And they were asking them, like, oh, ¿cómo les está gustando Mexico? How, how, how are you liking Mexico? And they responded and said, like, oh, you know, like, I just, you know, I, I'm trying to go to sleep and there's like, you know, loud noises outside, que sirens y que eso y que el otro. And then they were saying like the, the food, que no les había gustado tanto. Um, and so de allí, you know, se agarraron las, las social media outlets and they just like went on them hard. Don't come back. They, they were being canceled. They said, me so bien, first, me so bien cruel because son chiquillos, you know, they're like adolescentes. Uh, so the way they responded se me hace muy cruel segundo, again, this is all they know third, they're just up and coming like, igual, they still don't they probably don't have a PR person que les está guiando and then lastly, it's just like things that, igual, things that you don't see here in the US, that in Mexico like, igual, yo me quejo, I'm like, ay, I'm like soy un ruidasal, like, no, no, no se puede dormir I was telling you, ladies, like, recently I'm like, ay, estábamos ahí en el pueblo de con mis suegros, and we cannot go, go to sleep because there's dogs barking off the hook, you know, people driving with their loudest music, um, you're, I mean, it's so hot, you know, so yo, igual cosas que yo me quejo, and I don't see it as, you know, being disrespectful towards a country, so that's kind of like what my point of view is right now, and I just feel like se, se pasaron con estos muchachos. I was actually having this conversation with one of our dear friends, Magali. For me, it was like, you are, I sympathize with, empathize with Yaritza and her siblings. Like, if you have not been to a place that your parents have this anhelo, all you know about Mexico is what you've lived through your parents, you know, through their stories, through what they've experienced. And they've made you value this cultura that you have in your veins, right? Like, They've never been to Mexico. They brought Mexico to them through what they knew. I think that we're being very much like, um, well, the constant thing, how Mexican are you, right? Or how Latino are you? Like, do you really know this? And they're signed with a legit label. They are, you know, and it's a Mexican label. So they're signed with a Mexican label that is, you know, signing chiquillos in a sense, little kids that are from the United States. And the best you can do, I think, that is prepare them for it like you know these kids have never been to where you're from they you know that these kids know that you know que tal vez los saquitos de pollo que le hace su mamá están mejor que los que va a comer en la calle you know the thing is that you have you only get exposed to so much and they're 16 years old 
I mean, y tú me quieres dar un taco de, un, me, da, bueno, taco de lengua, it's, it's different because I love tacos de lengua. Me quieres dar un taco de, you know, de ubre, vamos a decir, oh, cómete un taco de ubre. And it's like, de tripa, dude. Like, like, mm-hmm. Right, tripa, ubre, like, like sesos, right? And like, who eats that? But then it's like, pruébalo, es delicioso. Y yo le digo, I don't like this. This is not what I want. Vamos a decir, los, vamos a decir, los llevan a Oaxaca o a Puebla y les dan, you know, grasshoppers and worms and they're gonna be like the heck is this right so i think that behavior is excusable it should be not in the sense of like oh let's cancel but let's help them let's guide them like oh welcome to mexico this is what mexico is i think we were more forgiving before but the mexico tries to be the u.s in so many different ways también mexico wants quiere ser el norte and we've always had the discussion as well like quieren norte quieren norte pero no son el norte and eso del cancel culture, like, let it, let it be the North, I think, because sometimes that's even silly. There's the, the too woke for your own good, I think, at one point. It reaches a limit. And this maybe some my people might, might not agree with it, but, like, I limit this. And Mexico trying to be el Norte con todo, like, calm down. We are a more understanding kind of people. We are more of a, like, welcoming kind of people. But this really showed how Mexico is still very classist, very... Everything's based on the color of your skin todavía. And that's still being very norte. Okay? That's being the, the ugly parts of who of who the United States is. It's what they're embracing within their culture. And it really upsets me because we are somos una gente mejor que eso. We're loving, family, nurturing kind of people. And when I saw those the, their reactions to Yaritza and her brothers and seeing how they were making piñatas of like, you know, making them look like indígenas. Yeah, they, they are not light-skinned kids. It's all right. But we immediately attack the things that are visible, right? And poor kids, they're little. Her, her siblings are, I think, 18 and like 20-something. But that's still forming, you know, your impression of who you are as a person and how you're going to, you know, show up. So I felt that we were, our, our Mexican people were very very cruel, bien culeros, como se dice, pero bien culeros con ellos. And that's a part that we need to understand también as now living in the U.S., that the Mexico that we know is through el anhelo and the love that our parents have for it, and maybe we don't experience it the same. And when we do go, sometimes it might be to our pueblos, it might not be to our ranchitos, it might not be to the cities that that our parents grew up in. It's more to touristy places now that we can do the things, right? And it's not going to be the same experience. <clears throat> but the Mexico that we experienced through our parents is it's one of love, of like, this is where, I, like they said, el anhelo. The, they're really holding on to this Mexico that they love, that they have not come back to. And they probably won't, right? Because life here is very different than it is in Mexico, no matter how much you love it. But there's that's it's still a very big part of you. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah. I, I feel bad for those kids. Yeah. When I first heard about the whole controversy, I was telling Diego about it. I didn't even realize that I knew this group. I love that song that they sing. What is it? Like Grupo Frontera? Sí. sí I'm always rocking that padre. song. Yeah. I already had liked Grupo Frontera. And I think when I was listening to Grupo Frontera with Bad Bunny on Spotify, it would automatically revert to like these top songs. And that was one of them. 
So it was like this list on Spotify. If you listen to Bad Bunny went with that other song that he does with them. So I was jamming out to that song, not even realizing that was the group. So I'm learning about them and hearing about the controversy and trying to figure out what the heck did they actually say? Like, why are they getting dragged? I started to tell Diego the story. And the first thing we kind of reacted to was like, oh, like they make money off of Mexicans and they just insulted them. Like that was the initial gut reaction. Like this is still the culture you're making money off of. It's not like they're Billie Eilish or Taylor Swift who do have a big following in Mexico and have concerts there. Like you people would see that and still want to cancel them, right? But could see how they'd be super disconnected from the culture and say something that comes across as ignorant. So loud here, people would totally let these white people pass that they are fans of, right? But as Latinos, it was almost as, as though they were expected to understand Mexico and talk about Mexico in a respectful way. So my first kind of thought was like, oh, they didn't understand their audience. Like, where are their PR people? Like, where are the handlers? Like, where are the people that are supposed to help these kids? So making money off of Mexico and then insulting Mexico, I did feel that sting. Then I thought it got out of control and ridiculous. And I'm more erring on the side of what Vero was saying, like, come on, come on. Like, it's getting ridiculous. We all make mistakes. We all say the wrong things. 50, 60, 70 year old artists have messed up and insulted the wrong person. Like, then their age came into play and society being so focused on dragging and disrespecting them and getting so offended that you like overdo it. Like, I guess they got death threats and their family was threatened and, and they are being made to feel so small for making a mistake. And I think that part of society is just ugly no matter where, no matter where and no matter how, like, dang, like we are just so quick to tear you down. But that's also celebrity. That's also celebrity. Like any celebrity that's running high, they get torn down. So I guess this is a cautionary tale for anybody coming up. And especially if you're young, like you have to be able to project that these things may happen, stand on your own two feet when they do and try your darndest to come back. Like I, I can't imagine being their family, their parents. The next immediate thought I had after I thought like, ooh, profiting off of Mexico and insulting Mexico was my son would do it. That was my first original thought. Like I'm not raising kids that are aware enough. I'm not raising kids that wouldn't say the wrong thing. I, Isaiah has said the wrong things where I felt he has been culturally out of touch and I've been gentle and said like, mm, that sounded a little like you're white. You know, we've had those dialogues and those debates and those conversations. He's really come into his own as a Latino on his own, like on his own, outside of what we've influenced because of his desire to go down the language route and be very good at the language. And he was like in an AP accelerated class as a junior for Spanish. He's been in Spanish classes since he was a seventh grader. It was something we originally have made a rule for our family that they have to take seven, what is it, seven years? No, six years of Spanish class five if they finish sooner like Isaiah did. But since we didn't teach them Spanish in our home, we're falling back on the educational route. And it has worked for my son, the oldest. His Spanish is better than mine. He writes better than me. He he tutors his sister where he needs to. He understands like sentence grammar in a way that I don't, even the words. I mean, I don't have them now. And I'm a very articulate person. But to speak to language, I don't have that skill. My son does. So he could be such a wonderfully Spanish spoken child, for instance. He's still going to mess up sensitively and culturally because he's not being raised in it and because because he may not think about it. So I think of the human side, like my kid would do it. And then I thought further about it. I'm like, I would have done it. I would have said the wrong thing. And I think on every day that I didn't have social media in college and that I didn't have social media in high school. Like I am the queen person. And anyone who knew me in high school or in college, like you two can attest to that, would know that I said and did stupid and inappropriate things. I said and did stupid and inappropriate things yesterday. We're human, right? But I definitely did them in my young age. And I definitely did them when I was traveling. I'm sure I've been super insensitive and out of touch. But when you know better, you do better. So I think we have to give these kids a shot. 
I think we cannot just like destroy their careers now. Like just like Lizzo's gonna bounce back from her thing, and Taylor Swift's bounce back from her thing, and Bad Bunny's bounce. Like Bad Bunny's getting dragged for being with Kendall. Let the man live. Let the man live. He's gonna survive. <laughs> this man's gonna survive. No one is gonna like hold it against him. The next couple of songs, you know. So like, I think these kids deserve a chance. I empathize with them too. I think I would have done it. My kids would have done it. But we do need to also be responsible that when we want to have fame and we want to be in front of the camera, we do have to think about our audience and think about our words carry power. And they learned it the hard way, but I think that we should always protect anybody that wants to go into the limelight. Us, we, in this podcast, we've already said things that are probably controversial. Oh, and I, I can, can hold I can, against us. maybe not even oh, controversial, yeah. but that we, we mess up, right? Yo, a veces, like, I live in a mom brain, mom brain, like, mom brain, fog brain, like, just last episode, you know, we were all cracking up at how, like, you know, there's things that we, we assume that we should know, you know, and I'm, like, platicando allí, and that it's, like, adorable. you know, the, the camel's back with the thing, and it's, like, the thing is that for me, like, I, I sometimes, like, uh, I'm, like, ni de aquí ni de allá, like, my brain would be, like, oh, esto, y no es esto, but trying to catch up and like we mess up like I'm like but I'm okay putting myself out there and, like you know what laugh laugh at me and laugh it up don't take yourself too serious and be like oh shit I was wrong you're right but we need to we need those situations to learn right to learn and for Yaritza to Esencia I feel that it's gonna be a very tough learning moment um it's gonna be where like do I want to be back on stage and there's people showing a lot of support like we you know we love you regardless I remember being when Selena will come on with Christina and I'm aging myself right there because we all oh, yes. that was on Christina right but, <laughs> yes. um, I want my kids to love Selena I'm always talking about same, it same same I, I always like you, I told Sylvia you should dress for her as Halloween they're like who yeah. and I was like yeah. Gomez like no, <laughs> no. let's keep dating ourselves You're like she's cool too metal. Yeah, but I feel that she was very like, you know, Tejana of, you know, Mexican roots, but she was Tejana and she always was being interviewed by the media and she would be like, um, I am muy excited, estoy muy excited. Or she would say, I remember her trying to say caballo and um, and she yeah. had like, there was this. And the numbers do 14, remember that? Con esta yeah. Cristina? 14, sí. She's like, 14, yeah. She's like, ah, but she would laugh it off. And I think we were less harsh because we were starting to see these young, you know, kids that came from a Latino background being proud of their roots, you know, because for a long time, you know, we were being treated like, hey, it's black and white, gray, like the inner gray, which includes brown, doesn't matter. Like, you know, we didn't have a voice. So for many times we were like either, well, let's sign up for white or, you know, because we, we can't do anything else. So I think it's an unfortunate part of it, but I feel that now that we can we have we just had an experience and this is why i wanted to mention like we were more forgiven before and i think now we need to be the ones that can step up and speak up for these kids we just went camping with uh for Otto's family reunion and a lot of his family you know they have kids and the kids don't speak spanish so then a lot of the grandmas you know the older ones that speak english and spanish they're like oh my god your kids speak spanish ay que bien and then they would go and try to make one, the kids feel like crap, uh, and two, the parents feel like crap. Mm -hmm. And when you do those things, one, they are gonna have um, resistance to like my kids, and they're gonna have a resistance to how they treat them because like, oh, se creen mejor. Um, and then there's a resistance to how they even now embrace their own culture because it shouldn't matter whether you do speak it or not. Me, for me, like it's been easier for us to like, so like immerse them in Spanish because everything now is in programming is in Spanish. If you had your kid 10 years ago, 
that was a lot harder to do. But we have, you know, we have an advantage now that we didn't then. And it's the same before, right? So there's, I felt that it made the parent uncomfortable and it made the kid uncomfortable. I made sure to, one, talk to the person that made the comment and say, you know what, it's great when we can. When we're able to do that, it is great. But it doesn't take away that these kids are here, guess what, to celebrate this family Mm -hmm. and where they come from and where they're going as a family. Y lo bonito Mm -hmm. que es la familia. Mm -hmm. Two, you know, I was like, so don't make them feel bad about it. You know, if they want to learn how to speak Spanish later in life, they will do it. You guys are, they're smart kids. The other part, the parents. Hey, it is, it really isn't your fault. Some of us are working parents. Some of us don't, you know, we didn't grow up with our parents teaching us how to speak Spanish. Like there's so many things that go in there. Like, Hey, don't feel bad about that. Like we only get, you know, it's not, not even like making an excuse like, Oh, lucky us because we have this programming, but it's like, it was something that for you maybe didn't, it wasn't something that, that was a priority at the moment, but don't feel bad because it's how you chose to raise your child. But I really felt I had to speak up. I'm like, and it's wrong to try to make someone feel bad. And I would talk to the kids like, Hey, you guys don't feel bad. Like my ki- my kids are trying to learn English and they're trying to, you know, learn from you guys. So, you know, learn from one another. Like son familia, quieranse. Like it doesn't matter whether you speak English, Spanish, or lo que, lo, que, lo que sepan hablar, but communicate because you guys can get it done. You guys are kids. Kids are way smarter than adults. And they were just like, thank you. But they could feel that there was like this, like slowly, like una bolita, una bolita, un like, oh God, it was no, the worst, sí. like little jabs at kids. Like, no los derroten, ayúdenos, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, when it comes to a kid, los podemos derrotar tan fácilmente. Sí, sí, y es la familia así, que, you know, que, que, que juzga, and it's just like, dude, no, no se vale. Yeah, I feel like that, that'll completely describe, like, my family to a T, like, everybody's worth is kind of determined if they're bilingual or not, and everyone gets praised if they're bilingual from the matriarch, so, like, my mom absolutely loves if your kids are bilingual, but most of her grandkids aren't. Like she definitely praises those that are, and she definitely comments a lot on no entienden, no saben español, es que no entienden, no saben español, and then if she catches wind of like, ay si sabe, mira cómo se, ay si sabe, then so much praise. My mom realizes like if like if Isaiah talks to her fully in Spanish on a phone call, then there's so much praise. So I've had to do a lot of work with my own kids about like their self worth. Like it's not determined on being bilingual or not. It's like I am wanting you to study the Spanish language for cultural connection. If you learn it, if you use it, great. If, if it's never going to happen for you, it's never going to happen for you. For me, I was the other side of it. I spoke Spanish and I got shit on for the way I spoke Spanish. Like you're darned if you do, you're darned if you don't. But Vero is absolutely right, spot on. I love that she shared that so sen- that sentiment so much because so many parents feel guilt about the fact that their p- kids aren't bilingual. I know for a fact, I was looking at you girls like this treasure and I hold you on this pedestal like, oh, they taught their kids Spanish when they were growing up. It's so cute. They- I have comments all the time and I didn't. I had never even thought about how I might be making someone like me feel bad. I don't feel bad. I think that's great. And I wish I would have done it. But if someone's listening to this podcast and I'm praising you two for having done it, Vero brings up such a good point. Am I hurting those that didn't do it that way for whatever reason? Like that's never been my intention, but see how we do that. We don't realize that sometimes we are yeah, sí, like, glorifying one way and thinking that's mm-hmm. the way, but everyone has their life and why mine was simple. Diego and I were too lazy to speak both languages. That's, that's the damn <laughs> truth. We were too lazy. And now that I look back on it, thank God. Cause my Spanish was shittier back then. Right. My Spanish has gotten so much better. Like, I really got to get it together with the youngest. Dude, it's the podcast. No se ayuda. The podcast has helped tremendously, (laughs) tremendously. But see how it's like there's no right way is the point. That's the tip of the day, damn Mm -hmm. it. There's no right way. Go teach your kids. 
freaking Japanese and forget the rest of us. My mom was asking me about all you girls yesterday. I was hanging out with her. I love her to death. I want to take her on a vacation. So today's her birthday. Happy birthday to my mama. Happy so birthday. Hi, mama. Well, she's the super sabo because she knows everything. But um, <laughs> she and I were talking about the kids and we were talking about suddenly the girls came up. A few girls came up because I think she said – Oh, no, 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 no. Steve asked about Nadia for some reason. We were talking about going to Guatemala or something. And he asked about Nadia, which is funny. And I'm telling about Nadia. Then my mom's like, is that the one that married the German? I'm like, no. How's she doing? And then I mentioned, you know, she now has to obviously know Dutch and German. I told the story of why Dutch and why German. And I go, and you know, she left her and she already knew English, Spanish, French, and Italian. And my brother's like, wait, what? What? My brother like walks back in from where he was like, how many languages does this friend of yours know? And I just thought that was so cool. That's the other side of the spectrum. You can't, you can't all be Sandrita. Shout out to her. Right. She knows so many languages, but imagine her. Imagine her trying to use all those languages. I'm sure she knows maybe two in excellence, the others in a varying degree. And this woman lives in Germany, married to a man that's Dutch. Like, that cannot be easy. And she speaks great Spanish. Yes. You don't know how you're going to end up and if you're going to win. So just love yourself. Tip of the day. There's no freaking right way. We love you, Sandra Chan. Yeah, Sandrita. Quick, quick story on Sandrita. When she was interviewing for her, like, new jobs, um, she was like, my brain, she's like, I had not interviewed in a while. Oh, yeah. My brain was just, like, not working. She's like, (laughs) obviously, I speak all these different, let's say, for one moment, I'm speaking, and I think I'm speaking in German, but the person looks really confused, and it turns out I was not speaking German. My brain just, like, flipped to another language, and I had no idea. So when I noticed that their face looked lost, I was she's had to stop. But that can happen, and the beauty is that we are in a culture that is, like, todo inglés, todo inglés. Um, Irene, does your mom speak English at all? She does. She acts like she doesn't, but she does. It's all broken, but she does. Okay, but maybe she's a little, you know, like, oh, you know, my, my English isn't great, but my Spanish is where you can really get to my heart mm-hmm. and you can really talk to me. So I think that our grandparents, our parents, like, you know, the fact that that's what they know and that's how they can best communicate, they, w- they appreciated that someone of like our kids can speak it. So it's not her, I, I think, and not that I want to make it, you know, put words in your mom's mouth, but I feel that it, to her, it's probably like, Mira nomás, I, I can understand this kid and I can probably talk to them and like share my thoughts and my feelings with them and they're going to understand me completely and it feels good that I don't have to use my broken English to maybe say something that I don't even think I want to say or mean to say. And that's the beauty part of it. I think that's where if we can, great. If we are not able to, fine. If our parents speak English and Spanish, then fine. Our kids, then our kids can communicate them in, with them in, in any language. So it's apoyándolos to have just this love and appreciation of where you, who you are, where you come from. And if it means you speak the language, great. And if not, it's okay. You can still be a proud as Latino yes. and, and own it. Yes. Veto's, and then we, oh. dropping like gems today. She is. Everything Veto is saying. I'm like, y'all morning. need to quote her today. La que no puede, la que dijo que mommy brain. That's such a beautiful gem. I'm sorry if I sound like I'm just like validating everything Veto says, but I, she's just like striking a freaking chord. My therapist used to say, when your mom says you don't call, what she's trying to say is I miss you. Isn't that a beautiful? Mm-hmm. I said it on the podcast. I love repeating it because, like, when people say what they say, that seems like an insult. They're really trying to say the other thing. So if you can train mm-hmm. your brain, like, oh, oh, right. 
when my mm-hmm. mom goes all on the people that speak Spanish or all out on the people that don't speak Spanish, like what she's really asking for is connection. Connection. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yes. 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 Anyway, but yes. I love that. I love that. So I, I just wanted to, to, to sense to that. Uh, so my mom, um, you know, I call her every day or most, mostly every day or te- I text my parents every day. When does this? And then when I'm driving home from, from work, I, I always call my mom and dude, without a fail, within five minutes, siempre me dice algo de mi hermano, like, oh, no me ha hablado or no ha venido. And I was like, Tú también le puedes hablar, tú también le puedes mandar textos, you know? And I think it finally sunk in because I was talking to my sister like two days ago. She's like, dude, my mom's been texting me en las mañanas todos los días, buenos días. I was like, ay, qué bueno, qué bueno that it finally, you know, sunk in because, yeah, like you're saying, it's her, may, her way of saying que, que la extraña. And I get, I mean, I get it. Like, she was so used to, like, my parents are so used to my sister and her kids, like, because they live with them y los vieron crecer, so they are so used to it. Um, and I told them, like, because por eso, like, no, no, nunca se van a dar la idea that you live separately. So it's like, es una manera de pedir ese, esa atención y cariño. But anyway, I love, so I love this. sister, by the way. So proud yeah. of your sister, by the way. Yeah. Like, that took a lot for her to move on. And like, you know, yeah. sometimes you feel like you have to stay with the people that have gotten used to and you, they're raising your kids, you're raising them. It's like a collaborative community, but she, she really wanted her own life. It's so beautiful. Yeah, and they're, I mean, and then they still, I mean, they still, yeah, she's like the first one that gets called for, you know, because I used that, and so it's just like, it's that duty, like, look at that duty that she has ingrained and everything, but anyway, I think this is, um, this was a beautiful discussion, I'm glad we are talking about it, I'm glad, you know, we're, I think, como estaban diciendo ustedes, no matter what level you are with your language, I think, you should always be proud, I think we all speak it at different levels, like, I feel like I speak it pretty well but then I hear my husband who went to school in Mexico you know for through like eighth grade so lo habla mejor que yo and then según yo en el trabajo I feel like I speak it pretty well también but then I hear my my paralegal and our staff attorney like they speak it so beautifully pero también ellos ellos estudiaron nacieron y estudiaron en México ya vinieron como de teenagers so it's just like okay yo no tuve esa you know yo, yo no tuve esa it's uh, experience, you know, so my experience is different, I think, bilingually. So I'm thinking, like, dude, si uno se confunde, like, siendo bilingual with just two English and Spanish, like, la pobre de Sandra con razón. Well, no la pobre, you know, afortunada porque sabe todas esas lenguas. But anything else that you guys want to chime in about this, the, to end and conclude the case of the No Sabo Kid? No, yo soy muy bien con lo que platiqué. Estoy muy a gusto. That's my English for you guys right there. <laughs> I don't have anything to say either, but like, no sabos yeah. are my problem. No se pena is my problem. I like that. Dude, I keep We've been thinking of video recording our podcast. Por eso no podemos. I know. Por eso no podemos, porque no nos ponemos las pilas. No, I think it'll be so cool for people to see we just who we are. Yeah, I think you know? so too. Who we Así are. Greñudas, greñudas, sin cejas. <laughs> I'm over here like, I was looking at my, my ventriloquist uh, things. I'm just like, oh, my God. Oh, look at this. Oh, my look God. I have ventriloquist. Saben que tienen que hacer. Saben que tienen que hacer. And that's for another episode on self-care. Yeah. Una chiquitito. The roller. The roller. I'm going to take a video of myself and then post it. Yeah, we do need a reunion. I'm coming soon in a month. I'm coming in this ourselves. I love when we have coaching assessments. Oh, yeah, you are coming soon. With people who listen to the podcast, it cracks me up. It cracks me up. Yes assessments this week and so a lot of times people find us on google so they don't know anything about us they don't know our social media they don't know us like that it's all like stiffy but when they've listened to the podcast or listened for years or like they'll even be like 
I don't know. They'll just say the funniest things. And I'm like, they totally know things about us. That one girl yesterday, I was like, Ma, you probably know too much. She's like, no, it's okay. That's why I like it. That's why I want to find you. No, like, you're not going to judge me. She told, oh, this person told me, I always remember your story from the 99 cent store and how you couldn't decide what's pig and the straw. And I'm like, oh. And this one was called like forever ago. Go back and listen if you don't know what I'm talking about. But it was in broke days, in broke days. I had to pick between the pita butter and the eggs. But that was when the 99 cent store really was 99 cents. Yeah. 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 No, pet. Thank you, pandemic. I know, dude. Oh, where was I going to shop in my poor days? No, I used to go to the 99 cent store uh, when I was in law school. I mean, we needed it, girl. We needed it. Where was it when we lived in, in Isla Vista? I know, we right? Because we like read it. Because we freaking lived in, you know, Santa Barbara. What is it? No, I didn't know. Yeah. Oh, oh I need God. underwear. Like, well, you can only go to Victoria's Secret. <laughs> <laughs> Five for <laughs> 25. Love our stories and our craziness. And it doesn't matter what you sell. We're, we're doing our best. Yeah. Thank you for listening to the case of the No Sable Kid today. If you want to keep the conversation or have your own comments about your experience, your kid's experience as the No Sable Kid, please chime in on our social media handles, Facebook and Instagram. Somos at Level of Latina. And el Hayani voy a mencionar el otro porque <laughs> no one really is on there anymore. But uh, the other way to get a hold of us is through email our email is admin at level of latina y también via our website levelablatina.com también that's the perfect place to get your tickets for the breakthrough brunch happening in a month on october the 7th it's a saturday be there or be square se la, la van a pasar increíble lots of yummy food great panelists raffles y sorpresitas so we hope to see you there. Uh, también check out our affiliates on our website. We have lots of great companies supporting uh, our endeavors, como La Macy, SodaStream, if you like your sparkling water, Virgin Wines, Mario Matadesco Skincare. So check it out, por favor, y apóyanos. Um, also, don't forget to leave a review if you love listening to our podcast. Just anywhere that you listen to your podcast, make sure you give us five stars and write a cool review for us so we appreciate you thank you for listening gracias chulas por estar aquí thank you that's a wrap Bye.